Welcome to Behind the Event, a podcast that dives deep into the event industry. I'm Eric Westendorf, the founder of Event Render. The podcast is brought to you by Event Render. We help you run profitable virtual and live events through exceptional design. Be sure to check out our helpful event applications and design services at eventrender.com. Also, be sure to subscribe and like on whichever platform you use for podcasting, or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like there. And now we bring you Behind the Event. All right, so today on the podcast, um, we have a perspective coming from the event planner. In this case, we have Gail Majeski, who is the um, director of strategic event planning, or event delivery, sorry, at KPMG as you can see uh, in her background with the KPMG logo. <laughs> and uh, so today we're going to kind of dive deep into what planning an event looks like um, from the event planner's perspective. We wanna um, figure out um, kind of what's been happening, uh, what we can look for in the future, at least from, from Gail's perspective, and, uh, and kind of go from there, just get a, an idea of what's been going on uh, coming from her perspective, as we've heard from a lot of other perspectives. Um, so uh, with uh, being the director of uh, strategic ad- event delivery, um, Gail, could you kind of um, explain a little bit more about uh, w- what, what that role entails um, so that people don't misunderstand uh, what exactly it is that you, you do for KPMG with, uh, with your role? Of course. Well, Eric, thanks so much for having me today. So I am one of the directors of strategic event delivery uh, within the events and meetings organization at KPMG. Um, We have a large team of meeting professionals um, across the United States that execute um, over 3,000 events per year. Um, And we touch several groups within the firm, Um, everything from leadership, learning and client-facing programs for our functional groups, alumni, community impact, trade show, and uh, campus recruiting, just to name a few. So I oversee the teams that execute on those. And um, as you can see, we are uh, quite a, a busy and engaged team. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Lots of events happening, it sounds like, um, and quite a different, uh, few different areas as well. Um, so diving kind of deeper into that now that we know more about um, exactly what types of, or what, um, what your role is and over, overseeing all of them, uh, what do they typically look like as far as the events that, that you do? You mentioned a few of them. Um, could you give an example of kind of how they play out, what goes into them? I guess uh, at this point, just what they typically look like. And then uh, in a little bit, we can talk more about <laughs> how they've changed. <laughs> so, Sure. So as you can imagine in a live setting, um, you know, I think the biggest difference, of course, when we shifted to a virtual event delivery model is we're taking away that live component. But all of the usual planning elements are still incorporated into a virtual environment. So everything from... Um, sourcing and contracting, uh, registration, attendee communications and management, all of the logistical components, of course, the on-site execution and delivery, um, budget management, and then, of course, all of the um, additional elements that that our team manages that I think are critically important, whether it's an in-person or virtual 
um, environment. So um, risk mitigation, compliance, cost containment, um, as well as making sure our events are within KPMG brand standards. So um, those things have not changed, even though we are in a virtual environment. Definitely. Okay. Have they slowed down at all or are they still kind of uh, going at the same pace as, you know, what you did? Uh, did you have to cancel any uh, when within the last year or so? We have had to cancel in-person meetings, but we have, um, our volume has significantly increased over 250%. So what we have learned in this virtual environment is we actually can manage more meetings. We can get out to market more quickly and our volume has exploded, which is um, exciting. And I think something we never would have anticipated. Yeah, definitely. So there's more... You have the ability to reach more people, basically, with the virtual events? Is that, yeah? We do. So we've seen the volume of our events increase as well as the number of of participants as well. Gotcha. Are these uh, typically uh, all virtual or are they kind of hybrid? You know, are you you doing everything or are you doing both, I guess? (laughs) Right now, all of our meetings are virtual. Okay. Um, We do not have any in-person or hybrid meetings at this juncture. We do hope to be able to return to hybrid meetings um, early next year and hopefully uh, live meetings by next year as well. And of course, the timing is uncertain, but we are actively planning for the future. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I know that you kind of uh, uh, got a little bit into that you, you know, are using um, virtual events quite a bit now. <laughs> um, could you talk a little bit about, I guess, your experience between um, virtual events now and uh, what you, you know, were doing in a live setting um, as far as the the main differences and how and how they're different? Um, I, I also want to mention that, I don't know if we already mentioned that um, you joined KPMG at this role in the early 2019, correct? Uh, late 2019. So late, I've just sorry, been in the late. role for, for a year. Okay. So you you had been doing a little bit of live at that point, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and I'm sure you were familiar with it anyways. Um, could you could you talk a little bit about, uh, even though you know there weren't many months of having live events, um, could you talk a little bit about uh, you know the, the sort of benefits and, and downsides and, and your experience transitioning between the both? What, what do virtual events have that are, are good? What, what, what do they lack uh, in, from your perspective? Sure. So our events and meetings organization was really strongly positioned because we already had virtual event delivery under our portfolio of meeting management services. And okay. what it did is it allowed us to go to market immediately while many of our competitors were significantly delayed because they had limited or no virtual capabilities. So um, that was a huge advantage. And the fact that we were able to pivot from in-person to virtual meeting delivery immediately really enabled our team to hit the ground running. And we were able to provide solutions to our stakeholders almost instantly. And some of them were a little resistant. They weren't sure virtual event delivery Um, method would be as impactful as a live in-person program, but we quickly were able to gain their confidence when we executed 
uh, virtually. And I think that um, is demonstrated by the strong number of attendees that we have had and the sheer number of programs that we've been able to um, execute on. Our planners did an amazing job becoming subject matter experts on several different virtual platforms and really learning how to deliver content and engage participants in an all virtual environment. I think that has been the biggest challenge is, um, you know, we're all human meaning, human beings, and no matter how dynamic and interactive a virtual experience may be, I don't think anything can really replace face-to-face -face interactions and the connections you have when you're together in person. There's really an energy when you're engaging in a conversation that can't be replaced in a virtual environment. Um, you know, the upside of this environment is we're delivering very impactful virtual event experiences and content through our technology tools. And um, we've been able to engage with even more clients than before when we were in a live me meeting setting. So that's been the silver lining. Yeah. Um, Eric, you had asked about, you know, overall satisfaction. And I would say virtual event delivery has exceeded my expectations. I've been very satisfied um, what our events and meetings organization has been able to continue to do to deliver our signature programs in a really engaging way. So our clients and our stakeholders have a really exceptional experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's Did you great. have to, you said that you already had sort of a process um, figured out before this all happened because you already delivered virtual events. Um, did you Have you had to do anything different um, that you didn't do before uh, for new scenarios at all? Could you talk a little bit about that? We did. We did. So we already had an in-house video and production um, team and a webcasting tool prior to COVID. But we've really had to leverage our firm's tools and we had to upskill our planners. So while we had a team within our events and meetings organization, um, that was a small group and all of our planners had to learn the technology immediately and different technologies that we were delivering on. They had to understand how we could deliver um, CPE to our attendees and what that required in a virtual environment. So there was a learning curve. And again, our team jumped in immediately and upskilled, and now they're really subject matter experts in the space. Definitely. Uh, when you say CPE, I'm not familiar with that. Could you just quickly explain what that is? Sure. Yeah. So that's um, continuing professional education credits oh, okay. that our um, professionals are required to um, satisfy each year. Okay. Gotcha. Just wanted quick clarity on that. Um, okay. So you mentioned a, a couple tools that you've obviously had to elaborate on. Are you able to uh, explain any of the tools that you've had to really rely on and talk about that at all? Sure. New technology, so I guess, in general. <laughs> for everyday collaboration, our teams leverage our firm's tools, um, such as Mural and MS Teams. Mm -hmm. And again, we already had an in-house video production team and a webcasting tool. Um, but for some of our larger programs, we're really uh, relying on our production company partners to help us create really more highly produced sessions. So sure. those are for our very high profile signature programs. Okay. So those are more like uh, broadcast almost situations where you're broadcasting out and to, yes. to the company. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. 
Um, let's see. Uh, I guess we could dive a little bit into how you've um, managed to do team building uh, now that things have changed. So I don't know, what what, it, what does it look like now on your end with with your team? Is everyone working from home? How, how are... How are things going in that route, and and what are you what steps are you taking to make sure that your um your team's still working? And obviously, like you said, everyone's had to learn and become subject matter experts. So, <laughs> what what ways are what have you found um, useful to to kind of make that all work? Sure. So our entire team is working remotely from their home offices. Okay. I would say um, we have all been surprised at how connected we feel with one another. In the beginning, more frequent team meetings and connection calls, those have tapered off a little bit, but implemented newsletters for an Our team, it's first ever and connected our team in a really fun and engaging way. We made it a little competitive. We um, incorporated some really fun and different interactive sessions. Um, we did a mixology. We did um, some interactive yoga, and we did a, a home scavenger hunt. And our event app alone um, gained over 700 photo uploads because that is how the uh, scavenger hunt was handled. So I guess you could say we have a competitive <laughs> team, and everybody really enjoyed um that connection point. Nice. Uh, that's awesome. So you're so you're kind of leveraging um, the ability to meet online and, and do creative things to kind of build. <laughs> we are, you, you know, one of the other things we did when we were meeting more frequently when we first started working from home is we would have a fun theme each week. So we'd wear um, hats. We would wear you know funny sweatshirts or um, share information with one another, like our favorite Trader Joe's products. And that was kind of a fun way to get to know one another and to connect. Interesting. Are you using things like that at all within the events that you're, uh, you're doing, uh, whether it's, you know, with your clients and, and anyone else kind of implementing these same things? We are. Yeah. So, um, we're not encouraging our clients to wear funny hats to our meetings, <laughs> but we are definitely <laughs> leveraging some of the fun interactive elements for client engagement. Um, and that has been really successful to really draw clients, um, in while sharing business updates at the same time. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's definitely one of the sort of main topics, uh, with all this virtual stuff is that, um, you don't, they can be boring, you know, <laughs> that, uh, there's not as much, um, you kind of set it, you kind of have an expectation when you got get on a, a virtual meeting, uh, at, at, to some degree where, where you just expect to be on a call and it's a little bit, you know, repetitive and the same, but, uh, to liven it up definitely seems like a good idea. <laughs> right. Yes, um, absolutely. Cool. Um, so, uh, looking forward a little bit, um, is there anything that you're doing to kind of pre prepare for the future, uh, you know, 2021, um, whether it's sort of hybrid events um, uh, or just all virtual, um, you know, what what is your timeline looking like or, or just what does the future look like for, for you guys um, right now? What, what are you planning? 
Sure. So we are actively planning for the future, and we have been for several months. Um, what we did, Eric, is we engaged an internal task force. And what they're doing is they're preparing our recommendations and guidelines and resources for our future approach to meetings, whether they're live or hybrid. Um, they are actively really researching hybrid best practices and capabilities. And um, they're identifying the criteria for choosing the right technology when we're delivering hybrid meetings in the future and really selecting the right venue to support hybrid events. Um, we are working closely with KPMG's Pandemic Response Committee to make sure we're keeping our people and our clients safe in this environment and to make sure that we're in alignment with firm policies and, and guidelines. Um, we have developed a four-stage approach um, that's going to be used in tandem with our timeline for our offices reopening. So um, we do not anticipate that will be until next year sometime and probably in the spring or summer if we're, if we're lucky. Right. So what do you see um, as KPMG's competitive advantage with, within your position right now, within the state, the state of things and, and where you're at? Sure. So our events and meetings organization is best in class, and we have consistently stayed one step ahead of our competitors, um, which has enabled us to go to market immediately to engage with our clients. And I, I believe that is what sets us apart. Definitely. Okay. So you're sort of keeping up with technology and other things to, to stay, uh, as well as you mentioned before, that you have a whole group of people that are on top of, of everything new, um, which definitely right. seems to be the way to go if, uh, if you want to adapt to the changing environment that is constantly changing. Yes, <laughs> um, indeed. Cool. Well, to anyone who's listening, a lot of work cut out for anyone that's, that's trying to stay top of mind with everything. Um, let's see, uh, moving forward, um, again, w w let's move into some sort of predictions and, and just, uh, outlook for the future. Um, so first off, uh, you know, I hate to make predictions because it does kind of throw some people off, but I, I do like to get people, different people's perspectives as well. Um, and so, so initially I'll just ask, uh, what do you think, or, you know, what do you see, uh, let's say the summer of 2021 looking like for you and your team and how you're carrying things out? Sure. So I do wish I had a crystal ball and, um, could see into the future, but I do think we will gradually see in-person events return, but they're going to be in a hybrid model. Um, and they'll still continue a virtual component for quite a while for participants who are not able to participate in person or are not comfortable participating in person. Um, I think safety protocols are going to be the new normal, such as social distancing and hand sanitizing stations and the way we are operating within a venue in terms of um, meeting room setups and the way food and beverage is delivered and managed. I think that all will shift, but I, again, think it's going to be the new way that we are, are managing in our new reality. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that aligns with 
what most people have have sort of uh, predicted as well. Everyone's crystal ball is kind of saying the same thing. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So um, uh, we we talked a little bit, or probably a good amount, about the fact that you do have a team that kind of keeps up to date with everything uh, to try to do. Um, you know, adapt, uh, to, to the sort of changing environment. Is there any, um, thing that you do personally, I guess, uh, in order to stay, uh, sort of on top of, of things in your role? Yes. Um, so with the internet, there are so many different, uh, tools and resources available. I am a big, um, podcast listener and I love listening to Ted talks on various topics. Um, I also love LinkedIn Learning. I think there, again, are so many short and quick trainings that we can um, leverage to really help if there's a particular skill that we're looking to enhance. Um, And then the professional organizations in our industry have been fantastic. Um, I've been actively involved in our local chapter of MPI and PCMA, and those are two professional organizations that I think um, really help their membership stay on top of current industry uh, trends and information. So again, tremendous resources right at our finger fingertips. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything um, that you've found from you know MPI and other organizations? Uh, that like any specific programs they do, or is it just uh, keeping up with, with sort of anything that they're putting out or are you going to events of theirs, anything specific? You know, engaging in their local events and also um, being actively engaged within the chapter. Um, Over the years, I've served on various committees as well as the board of directors. So Mm -hmm. the events as well as sharing information with fellow members has been the most valuable. Okay. So kind of networking within the group to see what's happening, what's going on. Definitely very effective. Um, all right. So two quick last questions before we take off. Um, I want to get your pulse on, uh, what you're sort of most excited about as well as most concerned about within everything that's happening. Um, I know there's, there's good and there's bad to everything. Uh, it's up to you to decide which one you want to tackle first, if you want to say the good or the bad first. <laughs> okay, so I'll take what I'm most concerned about first so okay. we can end on a really positive note. That sounds um, good. I am most concerned about how this has impacted our industry, and I'm very concerned about hospitality professionals that have either lost their jobs or have been furloughed, and I know that has had a devastating impact on on our professional colleagues. And I, I have been concerned and I continue to be concerned for um, their future and well-being. And I think that's probably um, a common concern amongst our industry. I am most excited about returning to in-person meetings. Um, we are, we're a people industry. We love connecting with one another. And while uh, we're very fortunate to have the technology right at our fingertips to tap into, to stay connected, nothing replaces um, seeing somebody in person. And I can't wait until we return to that, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, 100%. I think that we all feel that as well as on both sides. There are a lot of people uh, within the industry. In some cases, you know, 90% of people have been 
laid off. And then on the other side, um, everyone is excited to come back, whether it's coming back to work or coming back to an event. <laughs> so yeah, we all share that. Um, awesome. Well, it's been great to, uh, ask you some of these questions that, uh, that everyone's kind of been thinking about and getting your perspective on it. So I really appreciate, uh, you taking the time to, to answer some of the questions and, uh, and joining us here. <laughs> so thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate you having me and really enjoyed our conversation. No problem. All right. Well, it's been great talking and take care. Thanks. Thanks for watching or listening today. If you uh, would like to hear any more or watch any more in the future, just go ahead and subscribe. Um, whichever uh, podcasting platform you listen to or, uh, or watch, uh, we post on YouTube as well as many other um, podcasting platforms. And uh, if you have any questions for us, just go ahead and go over to eventrunner.com and you can send us a message through our website there. Thanks and take care.